Hi, this is Amy Poppy, writer and producer of 12 Chimes It's Midnight. Join us now for a discussion about 12 Chimes' main inspiration, the old-time radio show Lights Out. Here with me to discuss Lights Out is 12 Chimes actor, filmmaker, and podcaster, Brett Stillo. I'm hey, also, Brett. Hello. hello. <laughs> you, you, I'm also a collector of rare cheeses. I like to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, but we are here not to discuss cheeses, rare or common. We're here to talk about radio. The main inspiration for our audio drama, 12 Chimes It's Midnight, came from a love of old time radio, particularly the show Lights Out, written and produced by Willis Cooper and Arch Obler in the 1930s and 40s. The magazine Radio Mirror from 1936 cites the airtime for Lights Out at 12.30 a.m. This allowed the shows to really push the weird envelope. Speaking of weird... Brett. <laughs> yes. What is your favorite Lights Out episode? My favorite Lights Out episode. That's a tough one. This is Arch Obler bringing you another in our series of stories of the unusual. And once again, we caution you. These Lights Out stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. I love Lights Out, but in some ways, I think it's, you know, a lot of the episodes, I got to say, are the same. There's kind of a formula to them. We share a favorite episode, and that's The Chicken Heart, which I grew up. Can can we still mention Bill Cosby? Is that politically correct? <laughs> that I used Great, to listen. Thanks. You I come on the show and I didn't know I was 10 years old, but I used to listen to Bill Cosby records, and he had a... That was my introduction to Lights Out and some of those other radio shows. I had no idea what he was talking about, but it was just this funny guy talking about, I think he also brought up The Whistler and Inner Sanctum and a few of the others. So Lights Out, he's talking about The Chicken Heart, which is a, it's a funny comedy routine. And I just thought, well, he's just exaggerating. He's remembering when he was a kid and he'd listen to these scary stories because, you know, what's scary about a chicken heart? And then lo and behold... Lights Out did an episode called The Chicken Heart, which was surprisingly scary for a story about a chicken heart. This tissue is doubling in size every hour. Do you know what that means? In another hour, it will be twice the size it is now. And long before that, it will break open the building with the force of its pressure. And then it will be free in the street. Do you hear me? Free in the street. And then those those tentacles of protoplasm stretching out to feed on anything they can reach. What's happening? The building. See the walls. Dragging. I want you. I want you. Well, that's, I, I, just to jump in, that's what I love about a lot of the, the stories from Lights Out is they're completely ridiculous. You know, whether it's a chicken heart due to a science experiment gone wrong, uh, you know, growing exponentially and threatening to engulf the world, or a dinosaur in the sub-basements of a railway. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, threatening to, to threatening a bickering married couple. Arnie Lucker, way down the tunnel, by the light oh. It is a dinosaur. It is a dinosaur. I think the thing that makes it so cool and creepy is, despite the ridiculous scenarios, the characters—it's the characters' reactions. Yeah. To the scenarios, they aren't laughing. No. Uh, on the floor. What is it? It's a man. 
but they're horrified. They're not laughing. They don't think it's funny. It's and I think that's what makes it. Yeah. You know, um, I was thinking about Orson Welles. Like he's known to have said, "Give me the worst script available, and I'll make a classic." Yeah. And he cranked out Touch of Evil. I think Willis Cooper and Arch Obler might have decided that they really were up to a challenge of making a ridiculous scenario creepy. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's 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 also just great voice actors and it's a style of acting i sometimes wonder is it because you know we in this postmodern age are used to these you know these subtle mumbling performances that we consider brilliant and then you know you listen to a lights out and there people are all over the place and look over there in the corner it's staring <laughs> at me and it's the answer might be in there. Doc, don't we the got lantern. it? Bring it. I I learned a while back through listening to old radio shows and old radio performances. There's there's hamming it up, which is pretty obvious when somebody's do that doing that. And then there's just an over the top performance, which is there is a fine line. It is not hamming it up. I think it definitely errs on the latter. I because yeah. it seems that lights out considering the subject matter is pretty naturalistic yeah like my my actually my favorite episode uh is the dark mm. yeah and that's a good one I, you know it kind of is the, the trope that they co- commonly use of two or three people and they're just having a normal day they're normal you know just having a normal conversation and then they come across something crazy and it's kind of their being ripped out of the real world into some weird situation that I find so, I don't know, it, it, it totally makes me crazy. Yeah. I love that stuff. I think one one thing that makes Lights <laughs> Out a little bit better than its competitors, because again, there's uh, shows, similar shows, horror suspense anthologies with titles like Inner Sanctum and The Whistler and Suspense and a few others. Um, what I found about Lights Out was there was social commentary. You know, when we mentioned things like the chicken heart or the dark or another one that was similar to the dark, but it's it's a couple, I think they're, they're on the Empire State Building and they're just looking out and they see this gigantic black cloud that's enveloping all light coming towards them. And where's it coming from? Hmm, Europe. Hmm, what year is it? 1940. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot of social commentary and a lot of political commentary. I mean, in one sense, the chicken heart is a big chicken heart, but it's also the fact it's growing and it's out of control and it's going to destroy the world. See how the roads are black with men and women and their children running for their lives. See how the protoplasmic gray reaches out and engulfs them. I think Arch Obler was looking at the rest of the world gone mad, and that was his outlet, just like another fella who was listening to Arch Obler in the 30s, a kid named Rod Serling, who uh, who was doing the same thing in the 1960s with nice the Twilight transition. Zone. Nice <laughs> transition. We all love um, Twilight Zone, and that kind of, I think, Lights Out reminds me a lot of the kind of the morality plays of of Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. in the sense that there's this great episode of Lights Out that I don't remember the name of, but it's about two guys who take a drug that I don't know who invented, and it speeds up their metabolism, and they can run around and 
commit crimes and people can't even see them rushing past, but it has dire consequences. But they're so greedy and so excited about being able to do crimes without being, um, without the risk of being captured that they get a little too enthusiastic and don't think, think it all the way through. Yes, yes, it was I. It was you moving so fast I couldn't see you who took that half million in cash from those stores. Yes, I. And also the the other kind of Twilight Zone trope that Lights Out, I think, started was <clears throat> not just the plays where a bad person gets a comeuppance, but where ordinary people come across weird stuff and bad things happen to them. And it's how life is chaotic and shit just happens. Yeah. Yeah, in a in a turbulent time, the 1930s. And again, I think Arch Obler was a socially conscious guy, and he was looking at ways he could he could voice his thoughts and opinions. It's very interesting. It it took me years to figure out. Oh, Twilight lights out. Twilight Zone lights out. Hmm. Sort of thought the Twilight Zone was this creation of Rod Serling. And, in a way it was, but... He's he definitely was, building on things that existed, yeah. His pulp <laughs> influenced childhood in the 1930s. And that's something I like to point out about a show like Lights Out. It, it comes from this pulp movement that we see in the late 20s and early 30s. Amazing stories and black mask and weird tales. Right, it's just all, all not social commentary. Sometimes it does actually just try to scare you and... I know that it's known for its great sound effects. So there's a sound effect, you know, no spoilers, but in one episode that I won't tell you the name of, they try to have a gross kind of bodily sound of flesh moving and ripping, and they took a a rubber glove and manipulated it. It's amazingly effective. And I had a really good time thinking about all that with the first episode of 12 Chimes with the old celery trick yeah. of kind of bones breaking. That was really gruesome and fun. And it was it was fun because when I listen to a few Lights Out episodes, I'll be just walking down Sansom Street on my way to work. And sometimes the sound effects just make me cringe and like laugh out loud while I'm walking down the street. And I really was excited to have that same reaction when I heard the sound effects that I created with the celery and the the gasping and the choking. Uh, That it actually was like, oh my God, this is really gross. Hooray. There's something that's a lot of fun about in this digital age to recreate something that's tactile and literally organic. Yeah, taking a bunch of celery sticks and holding them in front of a microphone and <laughs> yeah. twisting them and squeezing them. Yeah, it was and very cathartic. I, I Even if you don't plan on doing a radio show, I, I highly recommend attacking some celery. The world of practical effects in, in radio, audio, and in, in video, film, that, you know, doing it the old way. There's a, there's a lot of fun in that. So I also wanted, I was doing a little research on Lights Out and found a a couple interesting articles in um, the magazine Radio Mirror from the 30s. And I have to do it. We already um, mentioned them once, but Internet uh, Internet Archive, archive archive.org, 
is a an amazing resource, and they have done so much to <coughs> digitize um, so much material for researchers. So hooray to them! They're local San Francisco folks, and um, they're awesome. Almost down the street from us. Yeah, and they really are super close. In an amazing headquarters building. All right. So what was I talking? I was talking about Radio Mirror. <laughs> Sorry. No. So I, <laughs> so I love this, but I love this. So uh, these are letters from. Um, readers of Radio Mirror, and there's a prize for someone who can write in the best description of their favorite radio show. And they won the dollar prize for a very short essay called Shivers Run Up and Down Your Spine. Nice. And Mrs. Nelson, Mrs. Nelson Bing of Anderson, Indiana writes, every Wednesday night I have a standing date with horror. Shivers run up and down my spine. My heartbeats quicken. My heartbeat quickens. My hands tremble as formidable hands and ghastly voices emerge from my radio around the magic hour of midnight. Mad scientists performing amazing experiments, heartless criminals plotting wholesale murder, all come to life on Bewitched Wednesday. It's the night of nights for me! Exclamation mark. The sound of fire, thunder and rain, the cries of wild beasts, the screechy voices of witches and goblins form the awesome sound effects for my weekly tour into this strange realm of the mystic and unnatural. If you have heard of it, but once you know, I speak of Lights Out. It is a program that is innovation in thrill entertainment. Wow, thank you, Mrs. Bing of Anderson, Indiana, for that lovely letter to Radio Mirror. That sums it up really well. <laughs> I mean, that's it's that was written probably yeah some eighty years ago, but it uh, uh, it was in issue the June issue of nineteen thirty seven. Thirty seven. Uh, so yeah, almost eighty years ago, and uh, one wonders what happened to Mrs. Nelson Bing, and did she ever get a first name of her own? Thanks for joining us for this discussion about Twelve Chimes It's Midnight and its main inspiration, the old-time radio show, Lights Out, with our Twelve Chimes actor, Brett Stillo. See you again at midnight. <laughs>